3: And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, wow, we have a lot of hands full. Uh, election last night, uh, yesterday, and some of Trump's uh, endorsed candidates, like Van, Van Ness uh, out of Jersey, uh, won, or Van Drew, uh, Van Drew, and um, and then uh, San Francisco, their DA basically got. Uh, recalled, So he has 10 days left on the job, and he'll be gone uh, because San Francisco is just going to heck in a handbasket uh, with their crime. It's just insane. You know, it's exactly what they need to do in Philadelphia, and that's uh, with uh, Krasner, and that's exactly what they have to do in Ga- with Gascon in L.A. And you can go on and on. Every other liberal city, uh, whether it's Chicago or wherever else, Uh, They need to do something with their DAs that are, you know, basically Soros-backed DAs that are soft on crime. And they're discriminatory. They're basically racist, uh, looking at skin color to determine what kind of justice you get. Looking at your political persuasion for the same thing. You know, that's exactly what they're doing. But then you got Matthew McConaughey. And, you know, I think he single-handedly is ruining his career. Um, but you know, he's coming out and he's endorsing and promoting these red flag laws, and then you got all of Fox News uh, basically praising him, saying, "What a remarkable man! What a remarkable job! What what a great great hero Matthew McConaughey is! What how great is he?" Um. And all he's doing is, you know, he's saying a couple of nice words. Hey, I'm from Uvalde. You know, so what? He's born in Uvalde and he cares about people. Okay, so far, check, check. Got me on those. I care about people, you know, and I understand that's your hometown. Great. But then, you know, at some point you can't have it both ways. It's either because at the end of the day you're going to end up punishing somebody good for doing for for something that somebody else did that was bad. You know, you're going to punish a good guy with a gun because there was a bad guy with a gun. And I don't think that's fair. That's not what our that's not how our constitution works. What we should do is a couple of the other good things he said, we need to stop sensationalizing and exploiting for political power and gain these shootings number 1, but number 2 we need to focus on single parent homes we need to focus on the mentally deranged we need to focus on what kind of impact um these these uh military style shooter up games on video games what kind of impact this is having on our youth uh, we need to to uh, get away from common core We need to get away from two standards of justice you know I gotta tell you this black lives matter and these antifa <coughs> thugs. They want to tear buildings down, um, <clears throat> set buildings on fire, and literally get away with murder. And, you know, watch Sussman and, and, and Hillary Clinton get away with all that they get away with. And then sit there and watch some of our comrades who showed up waving a Trump flag on January 6th, rot in jail and then have them have this parade with this ABC News executive choreographing this whole event for tomorrow night. And for me, that makes me more apt to be inviolent than anything else. Uh, because it's these two standards of justice. At some point, if there's not going to be any justice, then I may as well I may as well take matters into my own hands. Now, I know that's wrong, right? I know that's not the right answer. But, and I'm a normal, healthy person. But there are people that aren't quite as normal or healthy as I am. And they're hanging there in the balance, on the fringe. And I remember talking about this uh, five, seven, six, seven years ago when I was on the show. And talking about how in the wake of Ferguson and what um, Obama and Eric Holder were doing. They were gaslighting racism. They were basically stoking the flames with the Michael Brown lie. And what ended up happening is one of these, you know, uh, not so mentally stable people drove up from, uh, I think it was Baltimore. And he drives up to New York and he shoots two cops in their car. Because he was told by the president of the United States at the time, Barack Hussein, A radical, right? And then Eric Holder, a a corrupt DA or uh, corrupt AG. And he was told by these authority figures that police are the bad guys, that they are to be killed. And lo and behold, this crazy dude went up there and killed two cops defenseless cops just walked right up to their car and shot them in the face and I'll never forget that but and we reported on that it was uh, 2014 December something like that and I gotta tell you this kind of thing is gonna happen all the time because you got these haves and have nots you got these globalists that just get away with murder you have all these lies all this deception you know in the name of climate in the name of this, in the name of that, to listen to Janet Yellen speak about all this stuff is absolutely crazy. You know, she doesn't have a clue, and she won't answer any reporter's questions, but she'll sit there and spin things and say, if we could just get more energy independent, our economy will be back on its feet. I'm not buying any of that. While her rich globalist friends get, you know, Get rich off of the green energy where China uh, nods their head in approval because they get to make the batteries. And while some of these Democrat Congress women stand up there before Congress and talk about how they drove from Michigan to D.C. and didn't really care at all about the gas pumps because she just drove right on by them. And the, the gas prices have no impact on her because she went electric. Yeah, because she has the extra 60 grand in her pocket to buy that electric car. You know, it's kind of an expensive car, you know? A lot of people are relegated to a $24,000 car. Not a $60,000 car. So, can't have electricity and have to pay out the nose now, $5 a gallon. It's 4.96. It'll be $5 officially tomorrow. When Trump was in office, it was like a buck 75. $2. Less than 50% of what it is today. And that is a theft right out of your pocket into into uh, the oil companies who are getting rich off of this stuff. And so are the electric alternatives. They're coercing and forcing us Not in a democratic way, not in a way where we have a a choice, but they're forcing us into submission through coercion and a stick, not a carrot. They're giving us a stick. They're not giving us any carrot options. We don't have the carrot or the stick. We only have the stick. And we're paying their salaries to beat us with that stick and provide us with no carrots. Think about that the next time you pay your taxes. It's insane. So Fox News wants to support this. this. This Matthew McConaughey. Let's just listen to a little bit of what he had to say. Matthew McConaughey. I mean, you know, surely it couldn't be that bad, right? Let's sit and take a listen to what people are complaining about.
0: We need background checks. We need to raise the minimum age to purchase an AR-15 rifle to 21. We need a waiting period for those rifles. We need red flag laws and consequences for those who abuse them. These are reasonable, practical, tactical regulations.
3: That's pie in the sky right there, buddy. Because I'll tell you that right now. You know what a red flag law is, right? Red flag law is where you actually tell on your neighbor. You tattletale on your neighbor and you make stuff up. And you just make it up and you get them so they don't they don't uh get a gun. So, I said this. I said just <laughs> judge Danine, you know, she was like, "I can't get over how great Matthew McConaughey was. He's the best. Yeah, let's take a listen to what she had to say.
4: And I think it was delivered brilliantly. What he did was he had both the intellectual as well as the emotional pieces combined. He did it in a way, and I questioned what he was doing in the White House briefing room. I really did. But then I realized he did it better that anyone from Congress or certainly the president of the United States could do. And he presented things to make everyone feel that they were vested in this.
3: Blah, 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 blah. So I wrote this over on Facebook. I said, Judge Janine praising Matthew McConaughey's support for unconstitutional red flag laws where libtards manufacture smear campaigns against their neighbors to infringe on their Second Amendment rights reminds me of the time she praised James Comey as the least political law enforcer in DC, oh, you never heard that. Let's and take a you listen to, to pay attention to, to the, you know, brilliant, week's the brilliant statement Judge went
4: viral on social.
3: Let's take a listen to Judge Janine talking about James Comey. She's so smart. To media, more than
4: sixty-three million of you watched Sitting and shared it. So let's get yeah. right to tonight's. The White House says we're at war with ISIS. But it appears that they're really at war with the one man in power trying to protect us from ISIS. This needs to get fixed. There is a hero in Washington who's repeatedly at odds with the narratives that this administration keeps shoving down our throats. He's not getting the support he needs to protect us, and you need to pay attention and support him. His name? Jim Comey. He is the director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Comey has but one priority, and that is the security and the safety of the American people. Political machinations do not play into his job. That is why he is appointed to a 10-year term irrespective of who the sitting president is. Yet it appears that there is increasing tension between this FBI director and the president. You know, I, last week...
3: I doubt it. Me thinks Judge Denine was lying to us. What do you think, huh? Judge Deneen was lying to us when it came to James Comey. Yeah. Can you believe she said that? And now she's talking about Matthew McConaughey in the same fashion. I'm just so sick and tired of the smoke and mirror, razzle-dazzle stuff that's going on. Nobody can be straight with you. And... You know, <clears throat> it's just getting really tiresome. This double speak and these people get the biggest platforms. Oh, we just love Jessica. Didn't she say in the beginning of that open uh, where she's praising James Comey? She got 63 million vote uh, uh, listeners or viewers or something. I mean, give me a break, America. Wake up. Wake up. We don't have time to be fooled all the time. By these people now I've had that clip in my pocket for for years I've played it for friends um, and there never really was that great of a time until now to play it but it's something I've always had on my mind about Judge Jeanine and um, and it's right there but I've known about that for years and you know, you could say, "Well, you could make one mistake." You know, of course, you can, but she's consistently making these mistakes, and uh, you just wonder where it comes from. Um, in any case, uh, the whole five uh, thing uh, was interesting. Uh, the whole the whole presentation of Matthew McConaughey. I mean, he said some nice things. He said, "You know, the media's got to stop sensationalizing." These things, and and I don't disagree with that. I think uh, he's probably right about that. And he also talked about, um, you know, that we we do have a right to bear arms responsibly. I mean, no one's questioning any of that. No, and we already have background checks. The people that are, you know, the people that are getting these guns are getting them by breaking laws. We need to do a better job uh in a lot of different ways whether it's uh making sure that that door was locked at Uvalde school. Uh would it would have been a big help? I would have slowed things down a little bit, you know, just simply making sure the door shuts and when it's when it auto locks, you know, maybe that that would've been good, you know. So um I don't know. But <coughs> We can take a listen to some of this. Uh, this is The Five. Uh, this is um, Matthew McConaughey. So I wanted to air uh, the parts that I have a problem with, and you just heard them. Um, but I wanted to you to hear a little bit more because we want to be fair about it. Um, there were some good parts to what Matthew McConaughey said. But, like I say... He blew it with the red flag with me. The red flag laws are unconstitutional and should never be a part of our society, ever. And so as soon as he says the red flag laws, he supports them. And then he thro- follows it up with, oh, uh, well, uh, you know, But and people who violate uh, or, uh, or tarnish the red flag. That's pie in the sky BS because we already know how the game works. And, you know, if you are conservative, you are not going to be heard. And if you are liberal, you will be heard. And so we know how that goes. So he cannot be that naive, is what I'm saying. So the fact that you would even consider, you know, giving an inch on red flag laws or age restrictions or background checks, you just know that the liberals are going to take miles off of it. You give them an inch, they take a mile. We know that. I'm not giving them another damn inch. Never. Because they. I've already seen what they've done with the inch. I've already know what they do with the inch. I've already seen what they've done with critical race theory, uh, what they're doing with transgender and our kids, what they've done with Disney, what they've done with our school rooms. I've already seen how far and extreme they're willing to go you know i love this uh sam sorbo uh or um yeah well sorbo i love what he said uh about these laws he said you have to be um let's see if i could find it yeah here it is kevin sorbo i'm sorry i got the name wrong um i think sam sorbo is his wife um, can I drive your car? No, you're 5 years old. Can I have a beer? No, you're 5 years old. Can I can I have a cigarette? No, you're you're 5 years old. Hey, can I take hormones and change my gender? Of course, you know exactly what you're doing and what's best for you. Yeah, of course. Go ahead. Just take take your beta blockers and and call me in the morning. And we don't have to tell your parents either. You know, it's all that stuff, right? It's absolutely insane, the world we're living in. But let's go ahead and take a listen to this, uh, this uh, discussion um, with regard to Matthew McConaughey.
0: By keeping the dreams of these children and teachers alive. Again, how can a loss of these lives matter? It seems that something is different. Uvalde, Texas is where I was born. Uvalde is where I learned responsible gun ownership now you called me on may 24th when i learned the news of this devastating tragedy actor and uvalde
5: native matthew mcconaughey making a passionate plea for gun control at the white house press briefing room today speaking to reporters about the victims of the mass shooting at rob elementary school after meeting with their families and calling on lawmakers to act
0: we need to invest in mental health care we need safer schools We need to restrain sensationalized media coverage. We need to restore our family values. We need to restore our American values. And we need responsible gun ownership. Responsible gun ownership. We need background checks. We need to raise the minimum age to purchase an AR-15 rifle to 21. We need a waiting period for those rifles. We need red flag laws and...
3: We do not need red flag laws. I object 1,000% to red flag laws. Consequences
0: for those who abuse them. Responsible gun owners are fed up with the Second Amendment being abused and hijacked by some deranged individuals.
5: The act are also imploring Congress to find some middle ground.
0: we got to get some real courage and honor our immortal obligations instead of our party affiliations enough with the counter punching. enough of the invalidation of the other side let's come to the common table that represents the american people find a middle middle ground the place where most of us americans live anyway all right tulsi what do you think the
3: impact so Tulsi Gabbard is on the five. I don't know if she's a permanent figure. I never watched that show, but uh, I will tell you that uh, uh, she loved it. She loved it. Whoa! <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Uh, there was a hey, you uh, call her. You're on the air. Hey Morris Scott.
1: Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, a second ago about the um, uh, the apparently this idea that uh, children can have. Um, Gender reassignment surgery and take all these um, beta blockers and all that stuff without uh, the parents' knowledge.
3: Well, I was reading Kevin Sorbo's uh, the point that he was making, but yeah,
1: right. But that, that I've heard that many times that that, that the, these children can make these decisions without the well, I I parents don't know that knowledge. that's
3: the case. Uh, what I was saying is they they um, there was uh, uh, Rachel Levine was questioned by one of the congressmen um, a couple of years ago, maybe it was a year and a half ago, um, about the whole concept of that, because she supported that, or he supported that, I should say. Um, he supported that, Rachel Levine, right? And um, and that was during the confirmation process where this person wanted, you know, as a trans. And so the the point that I'm making is people on the left support these things, whether they, whether they're law or not, I, I'm not even 100 percent sure what I am saying right. is if if they got their way, they would be law.
1: Well, I, I'm just uh, I guess my question is um, uh, if that's the case, who's paying for it?
3: Well, who's paying for the trans um, operations that the military is now accepting as valid medical procedures?
1: Well, well no I'm talking about children in school. If children can make this decision without the parents' knowledge, who's paying for it?
3: Yeah, well, that's a great question. I I don't know the answer to that. But you're right. If the, if the parents wouldn't know, then uh, the, certainly the child doesn't have that kind of uh, money. But I think yeah. what they're trying to say is is that the child can um, exercise their, their uh, gender beliefs without the parents' involvement. That's, that's, I think what they're saying. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I just wanted
1: to kind of make that point. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Okay. Sure. Bye. All right.
3: Bye bye. All right. So I, yeah, you know, it is, it is what it is, but you, you know that they, uh, I could play that, uh, clip about beta blockers. I think it was Ram Paul, um, that, uh, that was in on that. And, you know, uh, let's see. Rand Paul, Paul, Rachel Levine, and beta blockers, (laughs) because it's pretty simple. Um, I think this is a short clip here. Um, Let's take a listen.
5: American culture is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. Dr. Levine, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex?
2: Well, Senator, thank you for your interest in this question. Um, Transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field um, with robust research and uh, standards of care that have been developed. And if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed as the Assistant Secretary of Health, I will look forward to working with you and your office and coming to your office and discussing the particulars of the standards of care for transgender medicine.
5: The specific question was about minors. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parents' consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught, you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the Internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, she had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now, and this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake, but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions senator uh, transgender medicine
2: is a very complex and nuanced field uh, (laughs) and If confirmed to the position of assistant secretary of health i would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care and the complexity of this field
5: Let it go into the record that the witness refused to answer the question.
6: Um, Before I uh, uh, turn it over to Senator Murphy, I do want to say, Dr. Levine, I wanted to say I appreciated your thoughtful and medically informed response to Senator Paul's questions earlier in the hearing. It is really critical to me that our nominees be treated with respect and that our questions focus on their qualifications and the work ahead of us rather than on ideological and harmful misrepresentations like those we heard from Senator Paul earlier. And I will focus on that uh, as chair of this committee. Uh, so thank you again for your response. So there is was cult- just
3: another libtard Senator uh, making a fool of herself. Um, but that's, uh, I thought that was a great clip uh, to address uh, the caller's uh, concern and uh, also uh, Uh, To uh, enhance what uh, Kevin Sorbos was saying. Um, So I'm glad I had an opportunity to play that. Um, But that's exactly what I was thinking about right there. I haven't heard that in about maybe (laughs) almost a year. But um, we also want to talk about inflation and we want to talk about Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen was uh, basically asked a bunch of questions um, by a reporter and she didn't answer any. But she gave prepared statements and uh, before Congress. Let's take a listen to the reporter's questions that did not get answered. She was walking down the hallway like she's some sort of big shot. And all she is is supposed to be is a civil servant. This is a woman that gets paid about $75,000 a speech. She is about as dumb as a bag of eggs. Okay? Actually, bag of rocks. But let's take a listen.
6: Secretary Yellen, if you admit that you are wrong about
7: inflation being temporary, how can you be confident that government spending is not the cause of inflation?
0: Heading to the car right now. But
7: Did you ever time. warn the White House that increased government spending could have contributed to the inflation that we're seeing today?
3: She, she only talks when she's paid because she's that kind of person. Um, she does not answer to the American people. She is an absolute freakazoid of a globalist. Janet Yellen, how in the world is she our national treasure, treasury secretary? How in the world was she the chairman of the Fed? You know, Trump got rid of her and then put in Jerome Powell, who's no better. Um, I don't know where these people come from. I I looked into how they actually go about getting these people, and it's like a little panel, a board, uh, where they have private secret votes, and who gets the spot. I don't even think the president gets the full reign of the choice. They get some; they have some impact on choice, um, but they, they the impact is really more about who they hire underneath that makes up the panel that does the voting. Um, The Federal Reserve has just gotten off the rails. Uh, Let's take a listen to uh, some things that Janet Yellen had to say yesterday. And um, also, this is a little bit of Tucker on this particular subject as well.
6: Look, over the medium term, the critical thing is that we become more dependent on the wind and the sun that are not subject to geopolitical influences and passing clean um, energy credits that will boost um, non-renewables.
3: Geopolitical influences, and then she talks about credits. Well, credits is part of the political influence. She's talking out of both sides of her mouth. She has no clue as to what she's saying.
6: Is, I think, really, really critical to, um, to, to, to addressing climate change and our uh, energy costs for households. Well, going Madam for
7: Secretary, a- so just for fun, if you have five minutes, rewind the tape, transcribe what she just said, and see if you can make sense of the verbal bully base. What are you looking at? It's called intersectionalism. It's the new religion of government. And it allows bureaucrats, when it becomes clear they have no idea what they're doing, to just pivot and talk about something they know even less about. So here you have Janet Yellen talking about geopolitical influences, clean energy credits, climate change. What is Janet Yellen talking about? Well, she (laughs) has no idea. The problem is that there are people out there who actually do understand what she's trying to talk about. Experts, actual experts, have studied the sustainability of renewable energy for years. Michael Schellenberger, for example, found that from 2011 to 2017, the cost of solar panels dropped by more than 70 percent in this country. There are more of them. It's a supply and demand question. But here's the interesting part. During that same period, as the cost of solar panels fell, electricity prices in California went up five times more than they did in the rest of the United States. Why more solar panels? The solar panels were cheaper, but the electricity they produced was more expensive. Huh? How does that work and how's it helping you? We know it happens because it happened in Germany at scale. From 2006 to 2018, that would be the heyday, the peak years of Germany's big renewable energy push, electricity prices went up 50%. Now, why'd that happen? Well, let's compare it to a neighboring country. In France, electricity prices were much lower than Germany's, even though France gets twice as much of its energy from clean energy sources as Germany does. What? What made France so special? How'd they pull that off? Simple nuclear. France gets a lot of its energy from nuclear power. Janet Yellen does not consider nuclear power a renewable. When she says renewable, she means wind and solar, which by definition are not reliable sources of energy, but they are, and this is always the key, highly profitable to Democratic donors and the government of China. So, of course, Janet Yellen is for them. Of course, Yellen didn't go into details on why she thinks what she does, because if you unpack it, if you slow down and speak clearly, it doesn't make any sense. And Janet Yellen knows that. She's an activist. She gets that logic is irrelevant. Thinking clearly? No. That gets you nowhere. Emotion is what carries the day. And that's why, during today's congressional hearings, she started talking about yet another topic she knows nothing about. Gun crime.
6: I am also horrified by gun violence. Um, what we've seen in recent weeks over and over many years. And I do hope that Congress will take long overdue action and Um, put in place common sense measures to reduce gun violence. I'm horrified about gun violence. Uh, I'm
7: sorry, ma'am, you're the Treasury Secretary? Shh. Let's talk about the economy, which is imploding. Stop with your little abortion talk, your little gun talk. Not your area. Let's get back into your lane. You're the Treasury Secretary. But of course, she doesn't want to. The goal always is to talk about anything other than the economy. Why? Because they destroyed the economy. But there was one exception. At one point, Janet Yellen was asked, because it's a pretty obvious question, how exactly as the Treasury Secretary and former Fed chair, as an economist and a genius, how'd you miss the inflation you caused?
6: Here it went. When I said that inflation would be transitory, what I was not anticipating was a scenario in which we would end up contending with multiple variants of COVID that would be scrambling our economy and global supply chains, and I was not envisioning um, impacts on food and energy prices we've seen from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So. Um, As Chair Powell indicated himself, um, both of us probably could have used a better term than transitory. I do expect inflation to remain high, although I very much hope that it will be coming down now.
7: Oh, so you didn't see COVID coming, even though it was here for two years and we shut down the entire economy and then made up for the gap in productivity with profligate government spending, where we just printed trillions of fake dollars. But you didn't think that was going to cause inflation somehow? And you didn't think a war in the breadbasket of Europe would affect food prices? Let's say you were a talk show host on a cable channel with no economic experience whatsoever or even the ability to balance a checkbook. And it was obvious to you. But you're the Treasury secretary, but you didn't see it coming. Maybe you shouldn't have called it transitory. And your answer is, and we're quoting, I do expect inflation to remain high, although I do very much hope it will be coming down. Oh, you very (laughs) much hope. Is that where we are? We are very much hoping. Tell us more about abortion and gun violence, if you would. Blame COVID and Putin and call it a day. Is a joke. Fox's Hillary Vaughan, to her credit, was not convinced. She asked Janet Yellen whether Joe Biden's decision to spend trillions of dollars might have contributed to inflation. Because like when you have more of something, it's worth less. Like your currency, which is almost worth less. And here was Janet Yellen's response. Do you ever warn the White House that... Increased government spending could have contributed to the inflation that we're seeing today. We're
1: just heading to the car. Go, go away, peasant,
7: troll! (laughs) Your inflation talk. I'm worried about climate change and gun violence and abortion. Leave me alone. It's not like the (laughs) treasury secretary. Be gone. She should be gone. This is crazy. And in a functioning country, Janet Yellen would be in a retirement home somewhere writing her memoirs that no one would ever read. But that's not what's happening. She's still the Treasury Secretary, and that's not what happened today. Instead, Democrats took turns bragging about their expensive electric cars. Worried about gas prices? Just get a Tesla, baby. Here's Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan.
4: Well, good morning, Madam Secretary. We're so glad to have you uh, with us. I'd have to say just on the issue of... Uh,
3: Hi, I'm Rich. I'm Debbie Stavano. I am so rich.
4: Uh, gas prices, after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle, I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station and it didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that are aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies and the uh, international markets. (laughs) Yes, because
7: electric cars don't actually use energy, so they're disconnected from the international market. Hey, Debbie Sabato, what's an international market? Do you have any (laughs) idea whatsoever? Do you know anything? You're telling us that the oil companies are so greedy, they somehow canceled their own leases for drilling. They're so greedy, they don't even want to drill oil. And that's why they shut down their own pipelines. Is that right? And that's why they're talking about implementing a gas tax. Because they don't want you to use oil, right? What's the reasoning here, Debbie Stab? I don't know, maybe we should contact J Jay- Like I was saying, you know,
3: here's the thing. There are a lot of green, liberal green nonprofits that are getting their money from China and Russia. And they're getting millions upon millions upon millions of donations from oligarchs that benefit directly by the work that they're doing. And the work that they're doing is trying to sabotage American energy independence. Okay? And when they get rid of our energy independence... Uh, They are getting more money from Russia and China in terms of donations saying, keep up the good work. And that's where George Soros money comes in. And there's bundlers and there's handlers and there's Internet works. There's NGOs. There's all kinds of things that are in play right now. Related to that. And that is how it's working. And that when you talk about the foreign money, you know, like we talked about, we uh, kind of uh, put an expose on the uh, cobalt mines in uh, Africa, in the Congo, and the slave labor camps with the Uyghurs in China and elsewhere. And that's what's going on there. So this is, uh, and, and not to mention the fact that how much gas and how much exhaust and how much uh, are we spending? How much are we spending on, on uh, mining that stuff? And then where do we put the batteries when they're done, you know, when they're gone? And where does the electricity manufacturing come from? It comes from, well, the batteries are made with cobalt, but how about the electri- electricity grid? That's made by coal. So, you know, how clean is electric, number one, and how efficient is it? You know, people in California are getting rid of these cars because they don't uh, appreciate the hour-long fill-up. It might take an hour to fill it up. I, I took a picture of, uh, I was in a parking lot uh, across the street from, you know, where, where the studio is here. And um, it says, free electric portal. Like you could just pull your car up and park it and and charge up for free. Go to the gym because the gym's right there and fill it up, you know, with the electric, you know, charge your car. And I'm thinking to myself, nothing is free. Who's paying for that? You know, who is who is actually paying for that? And uh, you know, uh, that's the, that's the thing. So uh, we are going to take a uh, caller. Caller, um, caller, you're on the air.
2: Hey Scott how are you? this is Jonathan from Illinois. Nice uh, to talk to you again.
3: Yeah, good talking with you.
2: Hey, so you know Janet Yellen, you got that, that kind of got me out of the woodwork. Um, this woman has been an irritant to me since she came on the scene. She was incompetent as a Treasury Secretary and did absolutely nothing. I'm sorry, as a Fed chairwoman. At Fed Chairman, she did nothing. She didn't. She raised rates at an extra period of extraordinarily low rates in the tens. While she was chairman, they raised rates once. She only raised rates and began to raise rates and and get it up a little bit to about one point five percent or one point two five percent when Trump got elected. Right, because then she doesn't care because she's rawly in raw political in a raw way political right purely political and she kept it at I think it was 0. 0.25 which is effectively zero is my understanding I don't know why it's considered zero basically 0. 0.25 points maybe 0. 0.5 and that's it yeah. that's all she did through her entire time and when you do that you steal growth from the future because you're, you're basically distorting the time value of money and the, you know what, what people want to do for saving versus investing or versus speculating. And so it encourages speculation and discourages saving, which is what funds future growth. But she did that irresponsibly to prop up a very, very, very incompetent president, Obama. Right. When Trump comes in she starts to raise it. Okay, so that's one problem. <clears throat> then she gets in and this Yenta, this Yenta gets up there and starts doing a whole New York you know, what I think is you know, we don't who cares what you think about electric cars. Who cares what you think about whether it's abortion or this, I, whatever, you're, you're going to have your own opinion, but th- that is entirely irresponsible. If you get up at a board meeting and you start talking about, you know, you know, this, your sp- favorite sports team and you keep doing this and you, t- and then your favorite food. I mean, at some point we'll say, who is this clown? Yeah. And that's what she was doing. I, I found that just incredible that people perhaps other than Tucker Carlson, don't say that alone makes us question your credentials
3: absolutely so I, I and entirely on
2: point it, it irritates me people do that sorry Matt.
3: yeah no and and her faculties yeah you're talking about Stavino, right
2: well well uh, that's another one i heard but but i'm talking about um uh yelling because she was yeah. talking about well i, I oh think yeah stay that, on stay know, on point you are
3: talk you're you're the fed you know you're you're the treasury yeah. secretary stay on finance and macroeconomics
2: exactly I mean each guy uh, has like what five minutes to question her, so if don't, don't waste my time with irrelevancy, just get to the point. So you know, that was incredible what she's talking about like and it's really important to go off on guns. It's it, it just I don't know about other people, but I, that really irritates me because it's saying this person is trying to bamboozle well, me. And, and then use the word and use the term
3: industry. and use the term geopolitical and then start talking about credits. And saying, we, you know, it's not geopolitical, but we're going to talk about credits. You know, somehow you're going to actually work out a way to make it political. You know, they could turn thin air. You know, they could charge you for the air you breathe. And now it's become geopolitical. Right. Just like they have with water and all kinds of things. Um, you let the government touch anything and they they screw it up. Well,
2: that's true. I mean, let's look, look, when they want to talk about a new department, you say think DMV. Or TSA, right? Remember when we had the debate over the, the, the TSA, right? Because that was all run privately. And that jackass, Harry Reid, was up there saying, to professionalize, we must federalize. Yeah. And, and to me, that was the exact opposite. And yeah. how people's alarm bells weren't ringing, but they had a Democratic administration, et cetera, et cetera. I think they had Democratic, I don't know if it was under Bush, because he may have fallen for that, or maybe it was under Obama, but they federalize. It's not another federal agency. You know, the Stabenow talks about these electric vehicles. Aside from the raw cost of them, especially if they're unsubsidized, you know, I read an article that they use tires up, like, going through water. Like, a t- that they're heavier by about 1,000 pounds or so. And they tend to raw, the tires tend to wear out after about 25,000 miles. You know, I never and if you knew look that. At a Tesla tire, yeah, a, the tires, if you look at the average tire, they're like three hundred twenty to three hundred eighty bucks. So it's basically about two or three times more expensive than your own tire. You know, the typical tire. Yeah. So you may be paying, um, you know, twelve hundred bucks for a set that you're buying twice as often. Wow. It's just a very expensive. Proposition See, I didn't, I, I didn't know that.
3: Too. Yeah, that's interesting.
2: Well, there's that, and then if you do have a problem with the battery, and they might, they may offer swap outs to the battery. But you're right; that you have to dispose of the battery There's a lot of elements that are considered, you know, toxic, you have to get rid of those. Look at, look at um, windmills. Windmills are being cycled out every so often, and they just, they just bury those. And there's a ton of energy and a ton of metal that goes into that is the creation of these, quote-unquote, technologies that is very expensive. And with solar energy, above a certain parallel, above a certain latitude, I should say, there really isn't a point. It's really very, very, very inefficient. Uh, and you could go, we could go and talk about solar panels, you know, in terms of the lack of efficiency. Well, we're actually pretty close to what, what is considered maximum efficiency, Unless you try to do things like stacking and other things with panels.
3: And it's not and, nearly enough.
2: And we're still... And it's really not, not not enough. And it's intermittent. So you have to have a base load power. What it's going to be. They don't want to do nuclear, which is really the best solution. That right. That is the best solution. And they, don't want natu- and they don't want natural gas. So what are we going to do? They come out wind and solar, and they live in fantasy land, and nobody calls them on it. And they're stabbing out. It's like these people know nothing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100% with what you just said. And France, you know, is a good, I think, uh, benchmark. You, you compare French and, France and Germany like Tucker did, and it's like France, they, they embraced nuclear energy. You know, and still there's right. probably liberals that, that object to it, but it's the best way to go. It's the most efficient form of energy.
2: I believe they, I've heard they get 75 of their base power From nuclear, I've also heard 50%. I've heard both, but I think it's more like 75%. Mm -hmm. That's the number I've heard more often. They get from nuclear, and so they have relatively reasonable costs. And you notice their inflation rate has been more moderate than those of other European countries because their fuel level, their fuel consumption is lower to begin with.
3: Yeah. Well, hey, John, thank you. Um, I'm going to be, before we head out of Dodge, I'm going to be covering a little bit about J6 and this probe, this trial. All right. But thank you for calling in today. All right. All right, take care. thanks. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, so the J6 thing, the true goal of the J6 committee is to slander and shame conservatives out of the public sphere. Do you agree with that? I do. I think that's exactly what they're doing. Um, They are trying to get uh, the uh, public, uh, the conservatives out of the public space. They want to basically rig an election by using your tax dollars and spending it on a Hollywood producer... Uh, a Hol- Hollywood style presentation, but they're going to use conservative tax dollars to spin this. I, I just don't see how this helps um, Liz Cheney in August. And of course, you know, that uh, we like we said about Wyoming and Alaska, Murkowski and uh, and Cheney, they're going to be out of primary out in August. But August 16th is when those primaries are in Alaska and Wyoming. Keep your eye on those. Uh, But the true goal of the J6 committee is to slander and shame conservatives out of the public sphere. That's exactly what's happening. Democrats want to use the violence of January 6th to stigmatize conservative voices and delegitimize conservative ideals. And Democrats are up in arms because the company with the largest uh, media base, uh, Fox News, is not airing it on their primetime coverage Uh, Everybody else is, but nobody watches everybody else. Nobody watches it, and they know it. People are going to be tuning out to this. I don't call it an insurrection. I call it an infiltration, and that's what I've always called it. This is just a smoke and mirrors, razzle-dazzle hit job. Democrats on the House Select Committee to investigate January 6th claim their public uh, hearings starting this week are meant to tell the story about what happened that day but millions of americans watched the violence unfold on television and there's been breathless news uh, coverage in the months since the events of january 6 2021 have been investigated by senate committees federal inspector generals and a uh, phalanx of Washington reporters. Precautions are still ongoing in open court. Yeah, but I want to know about Ray Epps. I want to know about uh, why this uh, uh, Richard Byrd, I think his name, um, the black Secret Service guy that shot uh, Ashley Babbitt and killed her and murdered her um, without any due process, why he's still walking the streets. Uh, I want to know about that. That was a black-on-white crime. A military veteran. She was unarmed. There was no weapons left behind. There was no weapons on the ground. They found zero weapons, and they somehow want to say this was as big of an event as civil war or nine eleven. I mean, it's absolutely absurd what they're to, what they think they can get away with, because they control the media, just like the globalists control the media with the Ukraine conflict. Uh, They're controlling the media with regard to this as well. And he who controls the media controls the power. And they're the ones in power right now. But this needs to change. Hey, well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out buglecall.org. Find out what we're doing to promote America First policies to make america great again we'll see you next time on
1: the Radio. the